Hey, yo, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It is your man, B. Vaughn, here with We Create Music TV. Tonight is Thursday, 7 p.m., so it's an interview that we have tonight with my man, music producer, hip-hop artist, oh my gosh, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, engineer. Man, I don't even know how many titles this guy has, how many roles he actually fulfills, but we're going to talk about it all tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to my man, Jermaine Robinson. Yo. What's good? What's good, brother? Good, man. You... Happy to be here. Happy to be here, bro. Hey, I'm happy to have you, brother. Happy to have you. I've been seeing you on social media, of course. You know, we we follow each other. I get, I'm get i seeing the work that you're doing and, and the stuff yes, you're sir. putting in. So, And I dare some yeah. stuff we're going to talk about tonight, especially when we get to the whole music section. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I need to come. I need to come and and just sit like a fly on the wall and watch you just do your thing. Cause <laughs> yeah. I just need to be like a silent fly on the wall just studying the skills. But yeah. we'll get into the we'll get into the skills and all that stuff a little bit a little bit later. But man, Jermaine, welcome to the show, brother. Glad that you are here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so with, with every guest, I always start up every interview the same way. Tell us how you got started in this music in industry. And, and before you, you get started, I'm always just interested in people's journey, right? Because everybody's journey is, is different. But I find that we're all in the same thing, right? We all do right. music. We're music creators. But how we got here, oh, man, it's completely, my story is different from yours, different from somebody else's. So, so what's yours? How'd you get started? Man, uh, so I guess we have to go back to I was maybe around eight or nine years old, man. And uh, as far as like me being a participant in the creation of music, uh, that's when my parents, they signed me up for band. And uh, that's where I started playing saxophone. And like, wasn't even like a real serious thing at first, because, you know, like my parents were there, the type of people where like they want their kids to, you know, be busy, stay active so they can you know, uh, stay out of trouble and always have something constructive and positive to do. So, you know, saxophone, being in the band, that was just something else for us to do, for me to do. And um, yeah, like I said, I started around eight or nine years old and I played saxophone, tenor sax, alto sax, and very, you know, through elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, you mm. know, and that, 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 uh, that, I have to say that instrument, you know, it took me to some places, man, that I probably would have never seen never got to experience if I've never had, you know, you know, tried to play that and, and took it seriously. And so, um, you know, with playing saxophone, I was also able to be exposed to just, you know, different types of music. You know, I played in jazz bands and played in wind ensembles and in pit orchestra and, you know, these different types okay. of genres and atmospheres. And so that, you know, in itself just kind of helped me out as far as like just my whole scope mm. of, uh, you know, um, my musical knowledge, my musical experience. And so that's kind of where like the specific of me playing instruments come from. Like I always, mm -hmm. I'm interested in like live instrumentation based off of that experience. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like uh, producing, writing, recording, um, I want to say around like 13 years old when um, I was in middle school. And by this time, I, like, I was really in love with playing saxophone. Like I really enjoyed it. And so um, my language arts teacher at the time, uh, Mr. Freeman, he had a after school club, the music production club. And so, like I said, I just mm -hmm. love music. I saw music in the title. I was like, yo, I'm sign up for that. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And so um, 
I signed up for it. We had our meetings and our recording sessions in the principal's office. And, uh, you know, that, that journey of recording, making beats, writing songs, that's where that kind of was birthed. And, um, you know, we would write these songs. They would, I mean, like we're 13, you know, 12, 13 mm-hmm. years old. So they would be like, and it's in school. So like, they'll be, they'll be like very positive songs. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, uh, being good to your parents and getting good grades on your, on the CRCT and, and tests like right. that. And so, you know, but um, in the midst of that, like I, I remember Mr. Freeman, he would be the main one making beats. And mm. um, I would just sit there and watch him. Like I'm a, I consider myself just a, a, I'm a chill person. I'm a quiet person, but I'm very observant and I'm a very, mm-hmm. I like to be aware of the environment. And so I would just be a fly on the wall whenever he would make these uh, instrumentals and it would just be like watching a mad scientist, man. And, you know, and like any, you know, very curious kid, I'm always, you know, being annoying and asking questions and like, what is this and how are you doing that? What are you using? Why are you using that? And he would be very gracious and always giving me answers and um, giving me tips and everything. And so, um, you know, he told me about the gear he was using and where I should probably start. And um, probably like a year and a half passed by, I had been bugging my dad to give me like a MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally got, he was finally able to get me one. And, um, you know, just like how most of us kind of start, we start on GarageBand and that's kind of where that started. And so, um, yeah, I would make these songs, make these beats, you know, and I'll keep mm-hmm. them to myself, never really play it for anybody. <laughs> You know, and it was like that for a while too, honestly, because mm-hmm. um, I I enjoyed just the pure, you know, act of creating these songs. Like it mm-hmm. was like a drug, man. It just felt it felt good to just create, right. and um, I had just pure enjoyment out of it. And um, you know, I probably started really like releasing music to the public when I was in college, and um, that's at least that's when I felt confident enough in what I was making to start releasing that. And um, yeah, that's you know, kind of like uh, uh, the journey of with that mm-hmm. the production and everything. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what's that's what's up, man. Like, like you were getting your Kenny G on back in the day. You know oh, not I mean? Kenny G. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not Kenny oh, G. Naj- oh, who, who was the other? Was it? Um, not Kenny G. Was Naji? Was Naj- did Naji play the sax? Was it mm. Naji? Yeah, you know, anytime you hear like about saxophone, like the first reference is like a Kenny G, right? Because he had yeah. like one of the, he had like one of the most famous saxophone riffs that people still yeah. kind of reference back in the day, right? I, I'm not comparing you to Kenny G. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying <laughs> in, in that capacity, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's because mm. I had a, I had a friend uh, when I used to live in Virginia. He was a saxophonist, and this guy. You mentioned like how the saxophone for you took you to places that you couldn't imagine it taking to taking you to, mm. and for him it kind of was the same same thing. His name was or is Reggie Braxton, and and Reggie traveled the world playing the saxophone. I mean, I'm like Reggie, where you at this week? Oh, I'm in Brazil. Mm. Brazil, yeah, I got a concert playing the saxophone. Like okay, well, where are you gonna be next? Well, I'm in I'm in Germany next. Week. Like, like, and so his saxophone took him to the. And we used to go. He and I used to go to the same church, and it just took him to some of the craziest places that I personally would have never thought playing like the saxophone for him would take him. Yeah. But that was part of his ministry, and that's part of the things that that he did. You know, so so Jermaine, for you, I'm interested in in knowing more about how did you get involved with like 
being part of pit orchestras, right? I mean, how did you get into into doing that specifically? Yeah, um, so this is when I was in high school and, um, you know, I was one of those guys, man, where I was just, I, I like to be involved. And so when I was in the band program in high school, I participated in every single ensemble. So like the different ensembles we had was, you know, pit orchestra for the spring musicals. We had wind ensemble, we had the concert band, we had a marching band, like I, and I was involved in all of that, you know? And so the pit orchestra was just like, kind of like another thing that I just decided to be involved in. And I enjoyed it cause like, um, you know, it was a, a different atmosphere that you got to be around with your homies. Cause like, you know, obviously like, you know, when you're, you know, rehearsing and practicing mm -hmm. consistently with the same people, you you develop these bonds. And so right. when we will have these rehearsals for these uh, plays, you know, it would just be a, a, a great bonding experience for a lot of, you know, me and my homies at that time. Right. And, you know, and so it was just another fun thing to do. You know, I, I, I didn't, I guess I don't like to overthink it, but it was just kind of mm -hmm. a part of life at that point of just something that I did. And so I, like, I took that with me on to college because I enjoyed um, playing that music specifically. I think like in high school, I think we did like Chicago. We did, oh, wow. uh, yeah. we did dream girls and that was okay. probably like the most fun. Yeah. We did that like probably like my, my junior year. And so I just love playing that music and playing those different types of, of arrangements. And that's kind of mm. honestly where I learned, where I learned like arrangement and like playing with textures and how to really like tell a story and give movement to, you know, a scene or, or, you know, and I, and I you can kind of apply that to like popular music nowadays, you right. know, like when I, when I write my songs, I like my verses, when I make my, my rap verses, I like them to have some type of arc, some type of mm -hmm. movement. So where it's not just a boring thing from A to B, I like there to be right. some type of journey. And so, um, going back to specifically about the pit orchestras, yeah, I kind of just took that on with me to college, you know, and, um, expose myself to more of that type of music, that type of arrangement, that type of environment. And mm. I, I, me personally, I feel like it was, it was a very beneficial thing for me to be a part of. Yeah, that's that's dope. That's dope. You don't hear, you know I mean? You don't really hear like a lot of people, hey, I was part of the pit orchestra and I'm part of the ensembles and, and doing these big concerts. And like, that's just, now, I, I, I guess when you're like in, because because people in high school, when you're in band in high school, or like me when I was in choral in high school, I mean we got involved in a lot of different things, right? Whether it was you know uh, entered school type competitions, uh, you had state championships and and you know all these different things that you did. So I'm sure those some of those things were kind of the same for for you. So yeah. I'm sure you know like every competition we had, every choir thing that we had, I was always there. I mean I always got picked to do it. My teacher was always like, hey, come here. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. Yep. Like every time she was, every time she was sick, and she always had. Oh my gosh, she always had this way when we were in, in, in especially in high school. She would be sitting there at the piano because we had a piano, and then we had um, like all of the like the alto, uh, the ten, and we had the alto, the soprano, the tenor, and the baritone, the bass. Right. So, so she's mm -hmm. sitting here, and it's like a, a a curved seating area, and we're mm -hmm. all sitting up there, and she'll just. Brian, come here. I'm like, shoot. Dang. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Like, oh, yes, ma'am. And I'll come down. You want to be a part of this? Sure. I said no to her once. And that was to go to that was to go to the state uh to do the state championship. 
I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to do solo at the state. So I was like, no, I'm good. She was like, you sure? I said, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want it to just be me. I was like, I'm good with everybody else, single with everybody else. But me by myself, in front of how many people going to be there? I'm good. Right. Choose somebody <laughs> else. Yo, choose Marcus. He likes that stuff. Not, not your boy. Not me. Right? <laughs> not me. But... I mean, but when you're, you know, when you're in school, when you're in college, you get, you know, immersed in a lot of those different things. And I I, I think that's important in helping to shape a person's uh, creativity, a person's uh, knowledge base when it comes to the things that you said, like arrangement and texture mm-hmm. uh, and, and structure and doing all those different and all those different things. Because for me, I, I produce too, but yeah, I don't. I heard some of your stuff and I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't produce. Maybe I should just, just do something else. No, I'm <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, but you're right though. It's, it's, you learn all those different, you know, all those different things and you apply those to the things that you, you do today. So I'm interested when we get to it to talk about how all of those things work, work together for you with your own music that you create. Cause yeah, brother, you got some stuff. And so we're going to, Man, I can't wait to get to it, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the time like, oh, yeah, we, we'll get to it in about uh, just a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> but so let me ask you, so how did you know, you know, everybody's path is different. Everybody's journey is different. Life circumstances, environments that they're raised in. I mean, how did you know that being a music creative is what you wanted to do? Out of all the things you could have done in the world, how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Man, I don't know, man. It just felt, it always felt right to do it. And, you know, um, like I said, like, I, you know, there's other things that I do and that I involve myself in and like, you know, and I enjoy those other things. But I don't know, man, creating music and being involved in this, like it has a different feeling. And even, you know, now in this stage of my life, I, I'm firm on like going with your gut and that gut feeling. I've always had a gut feeling with music. Since, you know, I was eight, nine years old, man, it always just felt good. And, you know, in those times of doubt, you know, you have those, you know, thoughts of like, oh, maybe, you know, this is not for me or something's not happening, you know, right away or or as fast as you want it to happen. You're like, oh, man, maybe this is not, you know, the thing I should be doing. And even like the thought of that would just kind of honestly make me sick to my stomach, man. And Mm. it's like, that's kind of like the the uh the relationship i have with the music and it, it just always felt good and so like i said i would just go with my gut feeling and um you know like i said i would try other things those other things i would and i would be good at them right but it, it just didn't give that same fulfillment that same feeling and so um i'm just a firm, firm believer of that man where you just go with your gut go with what mm-hmm. feels right don't try to listen to the outside noise and um, you know, I'm I consider myself young. I'm 25. This is a perfect time for me to like, you know, oh, yeah, really sure. make those decisions and you know try things and take risk and you know really live in the moment of going through these highs and lows of mm-hmm. the music, you know. So yeah, I, man, that's prime. That's prime. Like I'm not at that prime age no more to to take all them risk, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see all that gray right here. I ain't hey, man, try. I got some gray hey, suits. You got some gray suits. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, but I, I think that's I think that's important is for people to really go with 
you know, their gut feeling. I mean, that's, I mean, we have that gut feeling for, for a reason. And that kind of is that thing that sits back and says, this is what you really should be doing. And a lot of times we, we look out in our environment, we, we see other people doing other things. We get a criticism from other people. We hear mm-hmm. a lot of different things that's taking place. Things don't happen in the time frame that we expect them to, you know, we, we spent all this money on gear and it's not paying, well, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, so we sit back and go, man, is this, you know what, <laughs> who was I talking to? Uh, Irene Rock. Make sure y'all go check out that video interview with Irene Rock. But in her interview, she said, I think she said it. Quote me if I'm wrong, Irene, if you ever see this, but I think she said it, that this is the only industry that you got to pay money. Like, you know, most stuff you, you, you get paid. Like mm-hmm. this is, you got to pay. Mm-hmm. You know, all you got to pay for your marketing. You got to pay for your tools. You got to pay for your. It's like you you're paying for every single thing, and then yeah, what's the payoff? That payoff may not come. Mm-hmm. That payoff may not come for another ten years. You're like, oh my gosh! Like, really? And then most people sit was, back. Now go ahead. Now uh, I was uh talking about this with somebody, and like it's, we kind of like I forgot who it was, but they gave it kind of like a um. A, a phrase to that is kind of like the pain period where like you're um you know you're going through the, the woes of it all you're putting so much in you're putting so much mm-hmm. whether it be effort blood sweat and tears money whatever it is into it and it's like very very little reward and very few people make it through that pain period man and so but the That's ones right. you know who make it to the other side those are the ones who like i said who had that gut feeling who had mm-hmm. a, enough of that enough of that gut feeling to where they were like, okay, this, I know this pain period is only going to be temporary. Right. And so, um, you know, and they make it to the other side and that's how we get these legends and we get these very iconic and, you know, artists and innovators and engineers that are, you know, changing the, the scope of, you know, what is uh, the standard, you know, mm. kind of stuff like that. So just got to make yeah. it through, man. Yeah. Cause I don't spend like, when I do my taxes every year, my wife is like, okay, go count up all your receipts of all the things you spent and then give them to me because, you know, when we run the, we run all of this stuff out of our out of our house. So, you know, I'm thinking tax, tax deductible. You know what I mean? like, so, yes, sir. bro, this year, this year was like 10 grand. I was like, mm. I asked, yeah, I was like, woo. On, on just whatever it was, cameras, lights, computers, mm. you know, systems and all types of stuff. It's just like every year, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm not buying nothing else. I'm well, don't let me say it. Cause I just redid my whole studio downstairs. I bought a whole new Mac and I changed the whole, oh yeah. Ooh, little oh. Max, man. I don't oh, the Mac set you back, man. Max, I don't have this, I don't have this MacBook Pro for like a good seven, eight years at this point, man. man. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to run until it just can't run no more. Man, this this <laughs> Mac studio that I just bought, is when they released it oh, on yeah, March, studio. I got the studio. Oh, I did. I just bought soon on the day it came out. I was like, I've been waiting. But cut. Sorry, not to segue everybody. Right, you know what I'm saying. You know how these interviews go. Y'all know we, <laughs> we talk. We talk about everything. But on the day it came out, I had been wanting a new Mac, right? Because I do music production, of course. I do video editing and stuff like that. And so I needed something that was super powerful to run. Not just the music. The music is fine. I can run music on. This 2010 Mac Pro that I got over here, but I needed something powerful because I edit in DaVinci and I'm editing 4K, 4 uh, you know 4.2.0, 4K, 
4.2.2, you know, type of codex. And I'm like, yo, this thing ain't really handling it the way it is. Now, the computer that I got downstairs that I got to figure out now what to do with it is a uh, 2010. So anybody interested, I'm giving you what, what it is, right? <laughs> so so it's a mid-2010. It has two 3.49 gigahertz processor. It's 12 cores, has an 8 gig graphics card in it, 128 gigs of RAM. It has a Blackmagic graphics card in it for live streaming. It has four USB ports. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's super decked out. It's like super decked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. But the point is, and all of that, saying all of this stuff is that it costs a lot to do yeah. what we to do what we do, so that mm-hmm. we can be proficient, not just in money, but in time and energy and efforts and sleepless nights and all these different things that we that we run into. So, so Jermaine, I know for you, as probably with most people, you know, we all have had our our challenges that we faced. So for you, for you personally, what have been the challenges that you have faced and what did you learn from those? Oh, man. And uh, we can go as recent as just like the last two years, man, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything, you know, I felt like, you know, with the pandemic that kind of affected a lot of us, you know, small independent artists, you know, who are, you know, steadily building, especially I remember like, I think I had just came home from college, man, um, August of 2019. I had jobs lined up. I went to school for music. So, like, I already had kind of, you know, gigs and everything lined up when I came home. And my time back at home was supposed to be, you know, temporary. Like, and I had, like, set goals and, you know, time points in my timeline. And I had – I was building momentum. You know, I was going up, going up, and I was re- collaborating, putting out content consistently. And seeing, you know, rewards from that, mm-hmm. I got to, you know, participate in like uh beat making contests where I got to meet Night Wonder as being a, a winner and everything oh, in, in nice. January 2020. And so like it was just on a upward build and then boom, everything kind of just halted. Mm. And in combination with that, um, my dad, he is, he has some um some prior health problems that really reached its crescendo at that point. Mm-hmm. And that in combination with the coronavirus going on, that kind of like really, you know, just halted me in my progression, mm-hmm. man. And um, trying to find like I'm still like I was still trying to figure myself out as an artist, as a producer and my sound and everything. And, you know, just and even as a person, man, like, honestly, mm-hmm. if I'm being quite honest. And so like to have all that happen to where now, like I got to be like a a, a key provider for you know my dad and my family and everything and i had to you know put part of my musical career my musical journey on the back burner man and that like hurt a lot you know and so uh but going through that made me realize what my uh i guess what my purpose is in the type of music i make because like even back then even two years ago you know i was kind of making music where it was like pretty i would say like uh surface level and going through that experience um, where I'm being a, a provider in that capacity, um, it made me realize I feel like I'm, I'm a humble servant. And so mm. that's what I try to do in my music is be a humble servant and talk about real things and talk about, you know, topics that everyday people go through, not mm-hmm. just like, you know, the kind of like the same stuff that we hear in the, in the mainstream. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, right. I think going through that experience alone, man, you know, and even go, like I've gone through things in my life, like I, my mom passed when I was, you know, a child and everything. Mm-hmm. And so going through, you know, deaths and, you know, all these kind of things, they, they shape me. And, and I even have a song about like where, you know, things happen for a reason. And if you don't know what that reason is, then you got to give it one. And so any, you know, highs or lows that happen in my life, I always try to see some type of purpose in it and learn from it and build upon it. And so um, I don't know where I, I kind of got off track a little bit, but <laughs> that's kind of um, a few of the things that kind of shaped me into like the kind of mentality that I have in, in my journey and going forward. And even in the, the subject matter of, of my music and everything. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I think COVID was a wake up call in so many ways. Yes, I know we lost so many people. I think I lost people. maybe th- three or four relatives during this whole this whole thing. And so mm-hmm. Coke, I mean, even outside of that, COVID was a huge wake up call for people to really say, OK, what? are you really going to do with this Mm. life that you have, right? Mm. I've seen so Mm. many different things take place. I've seen companies say, well, we can't ever allow our employees to ever work from home to going to 100% work from home. Right. Right. And it's like, I've seen so many people have to change trajectory on how they approach many different things. Shoot, I know for... For me here on We Create Music TV, I had to change everything that I was doing because all my interviews used to be face to face, right? I'm a huge face to face person. Like, come over to the crib, come over to the crib. Let's let's chop it up, right? I have my sons as my video my video camera guys, operators and producers of the show and stuff, and I love that. I mean, they were right here, and we got to chop it up afterwards, and I learned so much about so many different people. Kind of what we'll do after (laughs) after we done, (laughs) but. But I mean, I had to sit back and rethink, do I let We Create Music TV die because I can no longer do it face to face? Or do I change how we do things? And I mean, honestly, it has allowed me to reach so many more people than what I was reaching. I mean, I've interviewed folks in Canada and all, all, all over the world now. And it's like, I couldn't do that just in my living room. I mean, I only got so many artists here in Atlanta that I could I could reach. But now I'm talking to people all over the country, all over the world and what they're doing as as an artist. So I think that's that's important because for you, it helped shape who you are and your trajectory. I mean, you said yourself that you were in a that discovery period for you determining who Jermaine is and what type of music you want to make and what you really want to achieve. And I'm sure even out of that, probably what you talked about as far as your 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 purpose as being a, a a music creative probably was developed out of that whole situation, and that's a fact. I, I I think that's just important for us to take that self reflection, the self awareness, to really dig down to the, identify who we are, because it takes some time. It takes time mm-hmm. to go, and sometimes you may have to step away, right, right. to get yeah. to get to get clear headed to say. Okay, let me really go figure out what it is that I really need to do. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to figure it out. Like uh, I saw a clip today of a guy that I know uh, here in Atlanta named Prince, uh, Prince Howard. And he was on a uh, a show recently. Uh, Let's talk about it for real or something like that. I think that's what he was on. Uh, 
And he talked about when he got into the industry, he was a financial advisor. And that's what he was doing, giving financial advice. And then some things happened in his life. He had to take a step away from the whole music thing. But he, he found himself back in music. And when he came back into music, he came back in as a music publisher. Mm. And he, he said he had to learn all of the things about music publishing. He said, but he knew that music is where he needed to be. But he had to go take all of that time, that self-reflection that to, to figure out this is what I need to do in order to really, he said, he said when he came in and he hit the ground running, he said, it was just like, everything just opened up. It was just, mm -hmm. that was what he was supposed to do. And yeah. so I, I yeah, I, I appreciate that because that even helps me to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That self-reflection that identifying your mission, who you are. Yeah. Is, is it's still, important. man. Yeah. That's yeah, that's right. uh, me and my my aunt. We were talking, literally talking about that yesterday. Me and my aunt, and um, she was just because she see how much I, I try to, you know, I I try to get so much done, and I try to do so much, mm -hmm. and she was just like, you know, uh, my first name is Brandon, so she calls me by my first name, and so she's like, Brandon, you gotta take the time, ten minutes, five minutes, whenever you can, just sit still, mm. and just really take in the moment, and really just kind of reflect, and try to do it as much as you can. Try to do it every day, like I said, five. 10 minutes. And then like, and like I said, like one of the, the few, the very few blessings of, you know, the pandemic was like, it made a, a lot of us sit down, you know, made a lot of us right sit down that. and sit still, you know? And so that, you know, that might've been detrimental to a lot of people, but mm -hmm. like I said, to other people, you know, that was a blessing time for reflection, time to kind of, you know, get right. your mind frame together and see what you really want out of life, what you want out of, you know, your personal life or your, professional life and all that type of stuff. And so I, I think I honestly needed that. And, um, you know, sitting still is something that I still kind of struggle with, you know, today. Mm. And that's why I like my, we had that conversation yesterday, but <laughs> you know, that's something that we're, that I'm working on. And that's definitely vital to not only like your progression in whatever field you're trying to do, but just mm -hmm. like your mental health and everything, man, you know? Oh man. Mental health is, is key, man. We can get into a whole mm -hmm. different, the topic about mental health and mm, just how we need to, how we need to just take care of that, that mental health. I, I think, and I've talked to many people about mental health on this show. And that's the thing. A lot of artists and creatives don't like to talk about it. Mm -mm. They don't like, because you know, which is crazy. This is it's weird because like, super crazy. You would think so many people have gotten, you know, so open about it, but it's still it like has a taboo space to it, which is weird to me, but. I don't know. I guess it's more of like a um, people don't want to have that that people don't want to have a certain perception of them going through something. That's right. Which you know, that's what it cause more damage. That'll cause more damage, you know, in itself, right there. So you got that right, and and that's what it is. Is people don't want the perception of things happening, or or people to know that they're going through stuff. But we mm -hmm. all go through stuff. We all have Everybody. things that we're that we're dealing with, like. Nobody in the music industry is perfect. We're all going through stuff, right? Mm. But it's how we deal with those different things, how we handle those different things that mm. really helps us to be better at, at not even just at music, right? I'm talking about just in life. Your life. In general. In Everyday general, life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, because music is a part of your life. You know what I'm saying? And so mm. you got to, anybody out there, you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health taking care of just yourself, whether it's spiritually, physically, social, emotionally, uh, you know, you gotta, gotta take care of yourself. So 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jermaine, man. So for so for you, let me let me ask you this, and we'll we'll move into talking about your music. For you, for you, what was the most important period in your life, and why? Mm. Um, the four years that I probably probably the four years I did in college, because um, mm. um, up to that point, I never had any real formal training in music theory or uh, playing saxophone. You know, I, like I'm not. You say you were in you know choral ensembles. I'm not sure if it was the same thing, but uh, like I remember being in band and like we would have our method books um, that we would like kind of like self-teach ourselves. We had a piece of music. We had to be prepared to play that piece of music by this date. And that's kind of how we, you know, progressed on our instruments, you know, and got ready for concerts and everything. And of course, like we'll have like, you know, like uh, clinics and stuff like that. But right. as far as like having lessons, I never had my first lesson until I got to college. And so um, wow, going, you know, from having that formal training and like, I, you know, that, that was kind of like a real shock to me, like a, almost like a culture shock to me, like how did, cause I went to a music school. So like the discipline of music mm -hmm. school is just kind of, you know, different and dealing with that discipline. Um, you know, it was a, it was, you know, a hard, a hard adjustment for me, you know, cause right. uh, at that, up to that point, music came to me so easily and to, to get, to get there and for it to not come to me so easily. And I like, I really have to work and I really have to, you know, work on my skills. I really got to work right. on, you know, you know, these techniques and, and then we're getting into music theory where I got to mm -hmm. figure out chord skills and, and we learn about harmony and all these type of things. And so, <laughs> right. And, so look, and, look, so, so, so here comes another corny reference, right? So okay. yeah, like you, you had a, like your Nick Cannon, right? Your drum line experience. <laughs> nah, that's a fact though. No, 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 for real. Right. No. Cause that boy ain't know nothing. When he went to school, he was like, he just knew he just knew how to play the drums. Right? He play? was good at it. He could play, mm -hmm. but he ain't know nothing else. But y'all now granted, I don't know how to read music. Well, I, let me take that back. I know musical scales and notes and right, the things they teach you in school, like every good boy does fine. Right, right? like the very basic the very stuff. basic, like face. Stuff like yeah. that, right? I know the basic mm -hmm. stuff, but you try to get me there to talk about like some chord progressions and what's a sustained note and what's a, a, a I don't know none of that stuff, right? Yeah, like I, I use had, like, like going I use scalar, so I'm good. Like going to school and like we like having the having the courses that like I had a I had I went through four different like I went through harmony two harmony three harmony four then I had a tonal harmony class and I had a, a counter two counterpoint class like having like these very specific mm. you know um you know classes where we're getting like taught these very complex ideas you know right. and basically in the science of creating music like that was a lot man and it was a very mm. big workload on, on top of like i think it got, like i had two jobs i had an internship you know i had a full you know uh class right. schedule course um workload and everything and so going through that and still having trying to have some type of social life and and mm. uh, it was a it was a big learning experience for me, and um, it definitely helped me uh, have more discipline and be more mm. intentional with my time. And right. so, because like you know, it was 168 hours in the week, and so that's it sounds like a lot, but like when you really get to going, it can really dwindle down. And so that's why I was like, you know, I have to learn how to really use my time wisely and be intentional with 
you know, with the moves I make and, and what I'm creating. And so that that four years that I did up there in Boston, and that's another thing. Like I'm from I'm from East Point. I'm from here. I'm from down south. And so like to spend four four winters I'm up there, you know, that sure that was a shock to be in Boston. <laughs> did not like it. Did not like right. it. That what's the um what, what's the thing they got the, the big dug or the big dig? I think it's the big dig. It's the it's like a tunnel, a tunnel system they got up there. It was just super crazy. Oh no! But yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then on winters, and you from oh, down here? Yeah. Oh yeah, them north. Oh gosh, man, those north. Yeah, like Mm-mm. the first. I remember the, my freshman year seeing thunder snow, and that was like the wildest thing. I've never People seen be like, what's that? Like, what right in the world, man. Thunder snow. You like. Yes, when it when it when it feels like it's thundering, and it, 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 it typically it really is, and then there's snow, and there's a lot of it, right? Yeah. So it so, doesn't so, stop, right? Right. So in one in one of my past jobs that, that I was doing as a, a, you know, my previous well, I can't say previous, like it's the same life now because I'm still mm-hmm. doing this type the same type of job. Is I used to travel to Boston all the time, oh. all the time, and I'm I remember flying into Boston on one of these snowy nights and trying to drive to, uh, we're, we're trying to think where's the location. I can't remember the location, but trying to drive, I literally could not see the car in front of me and mm-hmm. snow was everywhere. And I'm just like, everybody driving like two miles an hour trying to get down the highway. I'm like, oh, I can Crazy, never, man. I cannot live in this. I don't know how you Bostonians, Bostonians. Bostonians, yeah. How y'all deal with that? Like New York, I can't, I cannot. Now, I lived in St. Louis before I moved to Atlanta in 2018. Mm-hmm. St. Louis has some snow. Yeah, I, heard, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Because you and you're from, um, you're from Virginia, right? I'm from Virginia. Well, yeah, I'm from Baltimore. Right. I was born. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. And then at the age of five, my mom was like, "Yo, let's go to Virginia," because my grandfather was in. The, I'm telling my whole like. Like it's me now, right? And so my, my grandfather was in the military. He was a, a sergeant major at a military base in Virginia, Fort Lee. And so my mom was like, yo, we're going to move down to Virginia. Cool. So we moved to Virginia. I was like, all right. So I, I'm like more Virginia than I am Maryland because I only spent five years in, in Baltimore. But so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Virginia, Virginia really, it don't really get snow. It does what it's like. A sheet, you know, just a little, little bit like of snow. A layer. Like I a think layer. now, I think now they get a whole lot. But St. Louis, bro, we, woo, I can't deal with that. I'm glad I moved to Atlanta because we don't really get, yeah, we don't really get no snow down here. Yeah, it made when I came back home, man. That it really made me appreciate where I was, where I'm from. That's right, like, man. That's, that's right. So, so how do you now utilize those things that you learn in school? And how, how do you apply those things to what you do musically? Um, I mean, we can kind of bring it back to like the discipline and being intentional, you know. Um, you know, when I come down here, like I work a day job. And so a lot of my time goes towards that day job. And so I know when I come back down here, cause I, I work out of my basement, I have my setup in my basement. Um, I know that I don't have a lot of time and because of that, I was, I'm always like, yo, I need to have some type of foundation set in place so that when I get, you know, when I get ideas flowing, that it can really be flowing in a very, you know, constructive way. And so in, 
learning those techniques like harmony and learning these different instruments, it makes it very easy. I don't, I can have several different options on how I can approach creating something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and me personally, I like, um, I like being practical when I create my instrumentals and everything. So I like, I like hitting on something or turning something and, you know, mm -hmm. I like being hands on. And so, you know, it might start off with me just being on the keyboard right here, or it might, I have a, a small, um, at least it's natural, you know, electronic drum kit that I might mm -hmm. try and play a groove on, you know, I might start on my drum machine, just have a, you know, the, the kick and the snare going with the, a pattern or something, you know? Right, right. And so um, I think learning those techniques and a lot of those, uh, a lot of that music theory, even though it was a lot of it crammed in a very small amount of time, it becomes like muscle memory of knowing that stuff. And so now like I can just come down here and immediately get started. I don't have to have like mm -hmm. that weird, I don't have to have that weird period where you're trying to like get inspired and you're trying to like just start a vibe and everything. Right. I can just kind of get to going and, mm -hmm. and, you know, really, you know, be useful with my time and, and make something, you know, special. So, so um, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You can finish. And so, yeah, that's kind of um, the, the gist of it where like, you know, I, trust me, I, I hated learning that stuff. Up there, but anyway. <laughs> But now that I'm really, you know, getting things right. going and I'm really cons um, consistently creating on a regular basis and like, um, I, sorry, I'm going to veer left a little bit. There's a yeah. documentary that Jay-Z did about the Black album. Oh, yeah, Fade to Black? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was talking about how, um, you know, there, he was talking about producers that like they need to be inspired. And then there's other producers that oh, they keep themselves inspired and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and then that scene leads to, you know, the Timberland scene where he's playing, right. the, you know, dirt off the shoulder beat, which yeah. is, you know, iconic. And so um, I always keep that in my mind when I come down here is like, you just got to try and stay inspired. And what helps me stay inspired is, um, like I said, having that knowledge of the mm -hmm. musical stuff to where I can create. And then um, like when I'm, I ride the bus to work. And so I use that time and I'll like take notes down of concepts just for songs, you know, mm. and that's time I could be using. And so like when I come down here and I have a beat that I already made, um, all I need is a concept. Cool. Right. I got a concept. I got the skeleton for the beat. Take my phone, have a voice memo. I'll record some mumbles into it for some harmonies or some, I mean, for some mm -hmm. melodies or some cadences, some flows or whatever. And that just kind of gets it going. I don't have to wait for something to come to me. Cause that can take however long, you know, mm. if you're trying to wait for something to come to you. And so, right. I, you know, that's kind of like what I was able to, you know, uh, gain in that time that I spent in college. Mm. Now, what I, I was going to say, yeah, now that's, that's perfect. That's, do you think it's important for, for producers to be able to kind of go through that type of process? I mean, and the reason, um, no, I'll let you answer no, go that. Ahead. No, I mean, cause like, I'm not a, uh, I produce, but I am not a trained for like trained, I guess you would say. Mm. Like I hear what I want it, I hear what I want, I play what I want. If I can't play it, I reach out to people like yourself. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, I need this, can you play this for me? Uh, mm. but you know, when it comes to like learning in depth musical theory, I don't have that. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have that type of knowledge. But mm. I like what I like. I can hear what I want to play. I can hear how I want to structure the the actual song. So point point in saying all that is that 
Do you think music creatives need that type of foundation to be effective as music creators? Um, I don't think they need it. I think it's a great tool to have in your arsenal. Um, cause like, like everybody has different processes, you know, I'm pretty sure there's people who are, you know, miles ahead as far as like, you know, their software, you know, um, you know, there, there, there are software techniques as far as like sound designing and creating, um, drum patterns when it just comes to like, like in Fruity Loops, if you're just kind of clicking and dragging, there's people that's going to be way better than me at that. And then like, I don't claim to like be a very, you know, I learned all that stuff, but a lot of that stuff I honestly forgot as well. You know, I, you know, I don't claim to be kind of like a, like a Robert Glasper or Corey Henry in, in that aspect. You know, I know what I know and I remember what I remember and whatever is muscle memory, that's what helps me, you know, create the things um, that I want to create. And, and learning that stuff that I did learn, it makes it easier. You know, if I hear something or I have an idea for something, I don't have to run around trying to figure it out. I don't have to, you know what I'll I say? Do. You know, what? <laughs> I'll say it like this. I think learning that um, it makes it where I don't have to depend on certain things. Like, cause I know there's people that depend on like core packs and they depend on, you know, sample packs and everything. Which hey, is don't talk, don't I talk, like don't talk bad about us. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I love that stuff too. Trust and believe. I I use that stuff, but like I said, it's just another tool in your arsenal. Right. And so right. you have you have you have just more options. And me, I like. I'm a person. I love to have as many options as I can because mm-hmm. when you have that, that gives you open creativity to really let your ideas just go. Mm. You know, because you because I, I can't imagine if I didn't go to school or if I didn't learn that stuff. Um. How, cause I even think about even before then, like my, like, I think I told you already, like uh, my stuff that I was making was very surface level, at least to me, in my opinion, mm. like they were very basic. They were very, you know, they weren't, you know, nothing you could really talk about, at least in my opinion. Oh. And I, and that could just be, that could just be me being you know, right. a, a self-critic right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And, and learning that stuff, it gave me more options. And I, like I said, I love having as many options as I can because you can, all you have to worry about is just the idea. You don't right. have to worry. And, mm-hmm. and like another tool in your arsenal can be your skills in programming, you know, in the software itself. And if you're very well-versed on that and you're well-versed on live, live instrumentation and playing oh, yeah. instruments and arrangement, and you have all that in your arsenal, come on. Like the, the things you can make will be endless. You know, right. you're like you about you to be always a, stay inspired. You're about to be a rant up in here. Rants fifteen hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that like, dude is dope. Yeah. That's is, one of, he's he's one of those guys, man. Like he's yeah, he's that's because Rance uh, Rance has that same foundation that you're talking about, and he has that programming not and so he just oh my god. Y'all don't know who Rance is. Y'all go go roll look up. him up and study oh that dude, man. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Rance is, a, Rance is a monster, but, you know, I mean, you're a monster in your own right. And because I had a chance to listen to the stuff that you produced and that you rapped on, and I'm sure that you probably engineered and, and mixed it and did all these things. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to talk about some of these songs and I want to talk about the meaning behind these songs and the process of creating these, these songs. So I have four of them, right? Four okay. songs I want to talk about. First one, Muddy Nikes. Oh man, Muddy Nights. Man. Yes, man, that was a different track for me to create. So let me start off by saying, um, when I 
when I was making those, I always start off making beats when I'm, you know, have an idea for like a project or, or, you know, some type of release schedule. And so with Monday night specifically, that was part of a release schedule. Where I was releasing two singles a month. And so when I was in the process of, you know, creating those beats, I, I know I wanted to have like half and half of those beats be like more trap stuff. Mm-hmm. And then half of that be like kind of boom bap or soulful kind of things, just to show my duality mm-hmm. and show my versatility. And, um, but I, being honest, I don't create those kind of, you know, that kind of sound like that. The, uh, the trap melodic auto tune stuff. I don't, you know, make those things. I don't make that type of music like that, but I wanted to really, you know, stretch my abilities and just try some things, man. Mm. And so, um, that's what I did with that song. And, um, and I knew that if I had, what, what helps me balance that? Cause like, if I'm being quite honest, that sound can kind of get a little bit redundant in in how uh, much we hear it nowadays, especially right. being here in Atlanta. And so, to help me kind of cope with with that and balance it out, I was like, okay, whatever I'm talking about on this song, it has to really be, you know, real. It has to be really important. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, and I had to, and I and I found my pocket where I could do the auto tune singing type of thing, but still be rapping, rapping. And right. still talk have a strong subject matter, and that's why like the first verse of that song is is so long, because mm-hmm. when I got to going, like I really, I honestly could not stop. I had a lot that I wanted to say, and so um, again, and I think like I mentioned before, I, I started off with the skeleton of that beat, and um, I, I always record my my melodies and my you know cadences and everything into mm-hmm. my iPhone on the voice memos. And I just came up with some melodies and came up with a with an arc of how I wanted the melody to kind of go up and go down and everything. And so I kind of I did that, recorded a demo to that, and I just filled in the words. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of how that song came to be. Yeah, that's, Monday nights is dope. I got to appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, 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 I got a lot of positive <clears throat> positive uh, reactions to that. So I'm sure you. I'm sure you that. did. Yeah, Monday nights is dope. You know, so I, I had, so I had a chance to listen to more than just Monday nights though. And the and the ones we're going to talk about, uh, because there was one song that you have that was kind of reminiscent to. I think it's off the clock. Oh man, uh, it, it may not be off. I don't know. It was <clears throat> the song was it had a it did not, and I know it's not Muddy Nikes, but there's a song you had oh that you have that has a chant that's in there. Um, it's. Um, oh my god! Quite a few of those. Is it? Uh... Yeah, but it's like it's it's, it's it kind of reminds me of J Cole's G O M D. That's what it. Oh, that's what it reminds me of. But it's it's um I don't know if it's off the clock. Mm-mm. But it's off the, the clock. Is like, off the clock is kind of like uh, like jazz and everything, like a jazzy beat. You made me go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was like it's not knocking. Is it knocking? Yeah, because knocking has like that. Yeah, that chorus is yeah. That's me yelling on there. It, it might be that. Well, how does okay? okay I'm gonna I, ask you. I'm gonna ask you. How does it go? That way, I can kind of can I can I cuss? I can't. Can I? Cuss? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, who that motherfucker? Who that knocking at my door? Is that is that one? That's yeah, one? I think so. And it's like a chant. Yeah, it's like a chant. It's like who's that? Who's that knocking? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it was like a. It was like a. Okay, I think it was knocking. 
Yeah, I, shout I, out to I my boy. It. Shout out to my boy, um, Soundvise, who engineered, who mixed and mastered that. Yeah, I, I like the cadence of that thing. I was, it reminded me of uh, J. Cole, G-O-M-D. You know, get off my, man. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Appreciate yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite albums, man. I appreciate it. That's a big compliment, man. man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked it that one. I was, it, it's not one of those on my list, but mm. I remember that one uh, specifically because I was like, oh, we got this kind of chant. And then I went to something else and I was like, ooh, like... Mm. Like dirty, like dirty summer, dirty summer. Yeah, that's dirty, a, that's a favorite. That's dirty a fan summer favorite right there. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so talk to us about you know the meaning of that song. I, I mean, I read where that song was created, but I would learn to look to learn more about why that song was created in that in that type of scenario. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, that was just kind of like, uh, it's weird, man, because it's one of those songs where it was is about a specific situation a specific time in in history which would be the pandemic right or at least post-pandemic time where like um you know people have been stuck inside for so long and you know people had conversations about yo when things open back up man it's it's probably gonna be pretty wild because people have been locked down for so long people ain't gonna know how to really act when they go out and so you know and a dirty summer just kind of it, it just kind of sums up how like just the crime and and not just the crime, but like just the energy is just different during the summer. And so it, it, you know, you can parallel it to like that specific situation of the pandemic, post pandemic, the first summer after the pandemic. But then like it's, it's summers have always been like that. Like the crime rate in the summer is just higher all the time. And so all the time. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. People be and wild. So, um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm from here, so I have specific situations that I, I was talking about in, you know, certain certain points of those verses that I could talk about. And, um, yeah, and it was a really fun song. It was one of those, well, I enjoyed about that, that beat specifically. Like, you know, I, tell, I told you that I usually record, like, my, my flows and everything. But that was one of the ones where I just kind of went. Like, I... I didn't record like a demo to it. I just had the 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 skeleton of the beat, the foundation of the beat, and you know I'm, I'm a firm believer like it, how you start a verse that determines how the rest of the song goes, how the rest of the verse goes. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I came up with the first line. It's saying a PSA, just another nigga from the A. And I yep. was like, when I when I had that, I knew exactly where I was gonna go, mm-hmm. and 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 I went there. And so um, that was a very very fun song for me to make. Um, not a lot of people from where you know where we are right now make those things. At least not not in the, the mainstream. Like you can find it <laughs> right. in the underground and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like, like I wanted something really left field because I think when I released that song, uh, the song before it was uh, Big Plays, which was kind of like a um, like a chanty yeah, kind of big players though type of thing. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. And so I wanted like a really left field, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, transition once you got out of big plays. And so that's why I even have like the, it's like a, um, like the white noise that's at the beginning of that song mm-hmm. of Dirty Summer, where it's like a quick switch and then you, and it immediately goes into the groove and everything. And yeah, man, I, I really enjoy making that, that song specifically, man. And like, like I said, it's a fan favorite and people love what I'm talking about on there right. and how I'm saying it. So that's right. Yeah, man. Uh, man, I instantly became a fan since I started hearing more and more. I was like, Oh yeah, like I like the production. 
I like what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do like the fact you can get, you got the trap, but I love the fact you got the boom tap, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think those types of beats, the boom bap type, the ones you can really feel, the ones that got them them snares in it, that's like... Them dirty um, snares, Dirty man. snares. Oh, my goodness. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, listen to this one. Now, I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. So, Off the Clock is the next one. I'm trying to remember it. Off the Clock. Cause I, I mean, I listened to every single one you had. Every song that you had yeah. that you had out, and I'm trying to think if, sure. off, if off the clock is, has that boom bap. But I'm, I'm going to pull up my yeah. YouTube. It's like boom boom think, boom, think, boom 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 boom. Yes, boom, yeah, boom, yes. Boom. And I was just like, I'm in my in my studio, like, yeah, man. I'm yeah, like, that, oh, that, that groove is, is butter. That's group. That groove is butter, man. That group I have is to, butter. Yeah, that's, that's my school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I mean, so so talk about off the clock. What what was the 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 meaning behind? Off the clock, man. So um, that song was initially um, titled as "Disconnected," and um, I just I'm a person where I, I appreciate like I appreciate um, my time away. I appreciate my space, and so that's kind of like the uh, the birth of the concept comes from. And so like I wanted to kind of touch on having the space, having the time away in several different perspectives, and so. I know the first verse I was talking about, I think I started the verse like, tell me y'all, how we let this world become so disconnected? I'm affected, yes, I need the space and time to disconnect it. You know, because there's so many things we see on the social medias and we see, you know, on these, uh, these uh, from the correspondence, from the news channels and everything. And a lot of it's real, a lot of it's fake, a lot of it's, you know, very sad and is, you know, controversial or whatever. And if you're taking in that stuff all the time, and you're not even knowing like what parts of it is real, man. Like, and you're just kind of always intaking it, and you're always being affected by it some way. Like, I feel like, like me, per- I have to take the time away from social media, and you know, just so I can have some type of Shoot, sanity, too. you know. And so that's what I kind of talk about in the first verse, and then the second verse um, is about a relationship that's, you know. That's taking its toll as far as like, you know, it's, it's a long relationship mm-hmm. and it might have, you know, it's not, it doesn't have its same, you know, feeling mm-hmm. that it did in the beginning. And so, um, and it's gotten to a point where like, you know, uh, things are being said, you know, some of it, you probably mean some of it, you really, most of it, you really don't. And in order to get back to where you want to be, you need to like, just take that time, step mm-hmm. away. Not break up, but just take the right, time right, and right. be in your own space, and that's what I kind of touch on that. And I, and I really love that verse because I love my rhyme scheme that I did on that in in that second verse. But um, yeah, and then the third verse, a whole different perspective, and that talks about specifically about the career, um, my career in music, and like I love what I do, and I love performing. I love putting out music. I love being personal in my music right. and being relatable in my music. But when I'm away and it's my time. Like that's my time, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm off the clock, when I'm not, you know, doing this, when I'm not in front of the camera or I'm not on the mic, you know, I'm probably dealing with my family, spending time with my friends, my homies and everything. And that time is precious to me. So I keep that to mm-hmm. me that, you know, you know, and so and I feel like a lot of people don't have that kind of same mentality now because people grow up on social media, man. And people feel like you have to, you know, always share every single thing, which is, you know, it has a benefit to it because people can see your highs and lows and be able to relate to it. But, you know, we've seen the effects of what it can do when you overshare, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you put too much out and you have too many people that are invested in you 
um, in your you know day to day, and they have too much to say, and they have so much to say about what you do every day. And so, um, you know, that song, that verse specifically is about, or it specifically, um, it goes to like my fans who are coming now at my foundation, and I want them to understand, like, yo, I'm making this for y'all. When I'm on these beats and I'm making these songs and I'm performing, I'm yours. But understand mm-hmm. that when I'm when it's my time, when I'm being private, like that that is mine. Like my right. like I like I'm not married or have kids or anything, but I that's those are things I aspire to have. And so when I'm with my wife, when I'm with my kids, I'm with my family and everything, that's 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 precious to me. That belongs precious to you, you know. That's right. So Yeah, I mean man, I think it's important, as you said, take a break from social media, those things that can probably end up being a distraction or things that can pull you away from the things that you find to be the most important. I, I think J. Cole said it. J. Cole's my favorite artist, just in case you need Same to here, favorite rapper. Hey, my favorite, he's my favorite rapper, just, just in case you, you you may want to know that. But um, <laughs> I mean, he, he he said it. He's, what is, um, what was, um, okay. I think it was on, I think it was on January 28th. He said, um, got paid, just got paid with cock and got paid to free OJ just to share my life on a stage in front of strangers who know a nigga fall too well. And that's a danger. Don't be better than I know myself. I ripped a page of my notebook and anger and let these thoughts linger. Sink. Yeah. 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 That's right. But I mean, that's yeah, the point. Yeah. Know me better than I know myself. Why? Because I'm putting, mm-hmm. I'm putting everything on social media. So you know me better than I know me. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, no. But see, that's why I love J. Cole because um, we can get the whole conversation. I can do a whole Maybe segment. That's a whole other conversation. That's a yeah, whole that segment whole... on J. Cole. <laughs> Trust me. On Jermaine Cole. Flowers, not, 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 not Jermaine Robinson. Jermaine Cole, too. Jermaine but, Cole. But, <laughs> but yeah. Jermaine is a very, it's a lot of good Jermaines out here, man. A lot of good Jermaines out there, right? Jermaine Cole, Jermaine Robinson. They both made Jermaine amazing Cole. music. You need to check. Y'all, I'm telling y'all. And I'll, I'll, you know, I always reiterate this at the end. Check out Jermaine Robinson, y'all. Like, oh my gosh, man! Like his, check out these songs. And I'm not even getting into half of the stuff that's out there. Like, yeah, man, I got a, we, I got a nice little catalog. That yeah, I have, big plays. We talking about knocking. We talking about you know like muddy nights. We off the clock. We talking about, oh my gosh, but there's some other stuff. I do got to ask you a thing though. I'm trying to figure out how to how to. I'm trying to figure out how to, t- how to steal there. Like, who did your visualizer though? Oh man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I found somebody. On, I can't tell you who it is because I honestly don't remember. But it was somebody on Fiverr um, that I consistently went to, and um, yeah. yeah, he had really quick turnaround times, and um, he was in my budget, so like oh, okay. I always went to him. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I like that visualizer though. The, the, the record spinning. Yeah, I will tell you, I have um, a new guy that I, I work with, um, and he recently did the. Uh, I have a a rhyme scheme video to my new song "Look at Me," and um, mm-hmm. kind of I'm gonna try to work with him a lot more. He does the rhyme scheme videos, he does visualizers and um, covers. Um, you okay. can follow him on Instagram at um, it's Spitted Education. It's S P I T E D, and then Education. Okay. So anybody that want to follow him and and see what he got going on, man. It'd be worth your time, but oh. yeah. Is, is, but yeah he, but, but, is he here? Is he here in Atlanta? No, man. He's like in, he's overseas somewhere. He's like man. in like, Brussels yeah. somewhere. Like that's like, <laughs> like, he's like literally in a place that I honestly cannot pronounce. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, he but he, he, makes... he does really really good work, man. Okay. Like really really good work. That's what's up. Just wanted to shout him out really quick. Yeah yeah yeah. That's what's up. Um, so so you mentioned that you have a new song that's getting to come out. Yeah, I have. A, um, yeah, so talk talk about that. Last week. Yeah, yeah talk so about I had that. A, um, a song, um, "Look at Me," that released last last Friday. On the, it released on the twenty fifth, and so um, yeah, I really enjoy that song. Really excited about where that song is gonna go. Um, so far, the the reception to it has been really really good. Um, I really enjoyed. Like, I really I'm proud of myself on how I wrote those verses. Specifically, the second verse. That's why I have a, a, a rhyme scheme video of the second verse because I, I did my thing on that with the flow and with the rhyme scheme specifically. And um, that's you know that song specifically is like I, if people go into my catalog, I have a lot of uh, self-reflecting records. I have a lot of records where I talk about you know just kind of like trials and tribulations and everything. And um, I wrote so many of those songs in a, a very uh, small time frame, and to where it made me feel. You know, it made me feel kind of down, made me feel a little depressed because I'm kind of bringing back up all these different things that I've gone mm -hmm. through. And so that's why I like having my trap stuff where I can kind of just talk my shit, man. And right. But it's but still be lyrical and still and like I like I honestly cannot make, you know, songs that don't have some type of message in it. Mm -hmm. And so like in in me, you know, talking my talk on look at me like I still have those, you know, those uh segments of like i'm really talking about things that are really like they really matter they're really important right and so um yeah and i just i really am proud of myself on the writing for that song and it's upbeat so people you can work out to you can you know get your blood going and and really you know get your groove on with it and everything so yeah 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 y'all make sure y'all check it out check out the new single check out the music that jermaine has i'm telling you like as soon as you listen to it like Pharrell told Kanye, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Man. Like as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, like now I, I did hear that song, but I only heard just a snippet of it. I was like, yo, where's the rest of this song at? And mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a Spotify user. So when I go to Spotify, Spotify is like, hey, become a member. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Nah. <laughs> like, what like, do you I use? Got, I, I use Apple Music. So I got, I got Same Apple. Here, bro. I, I, I'm just, I'm an Apple guy, right? I'm yep. an Apple guy. I got the phone. Look, I got the phone. Yep. I got the watch. Computer. You know what I'm saying? I got the AirPods. I got the Mac Apple Mini. Ride or die. I, I'm Apple, <laughs> Apple ride or die, right? Even though they don't give me no stuff. Even though they making me wait <laughs> to receive my Mac Studio when everybody else on YouTube got theirs already. But it's all good. Tim Come on, Apple. What you doing? You know what what, what you doing? doing, bro? What y'all doing, Apple? I got to wait. It just... It's so bad. It's so it's so bad, Jermaine. It is so bad. Like yeah. I ordered this good stuff, man. Look, 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 it's look, good look, stuff, though. Look, let me the, tell you my thing. Let me tell you my Apple thing real quick, and then we'll we'll move on. So I ordered that Mac Studio when it came out on the eighth. Right? Yeah. It wasn't available until the following week, the eighteenth. That's when they was gonna start making them available so they could ship. Mine did not ship until the twenty eighth. Right, it didn't ship until the twenty eighth. I got a notification the other day. It was, hey, it's going to be delivered today. No, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was supposed to be delivered yesterday. Then UPS sends me a thing. Oh, we got to update uh, the new delivery date. It has not left China yet. Oh no. I'm like, oh, no. how are you gonna give me a delivery date? Get me all worked up. 
you know, playing with my emotions. Get me all excited. Playing, playing with, with my, my emotions. emotions and then they didn't even leave China yet. Like, mm. what? So it's going to be here next week. I'm like, oh, man, come on now. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. That anticipation, man, when you finally open that box, man, you know. Man, I'm going to be like a little kid. I'm going to be like, ah! <laughs> I'm going to be making videos. <laughs> Watch it. Got to make a reaction video, man. I got to make a re. I gotta make a reaction video, but but anyway, you know my little, little my little my little segue unboxing video, right? Okay, so yes, please make sure you check out Jermaine, check out his music. Uh, like I said, he has some amazing stuff. He has a whole catalog of just things that I'm telling you, there's not a song that you're not going to like. You're gonna every song you hear, you're going to like it. Like I can, I, I don't guarantee a lot of stuff, but I'm a guarantee that you're gonna. Soon as you hear all them songs, you're gonna like you're gonna like it. You're gonna be like, yo, this is dope. Appreciate it. Like for any given purpose. Oh yeah. Man, when that mug came on, it that's mm, that reminded me, that's a song that needed to be on 2014 Forest Hill Drive right there. That's oh, man. that's that feel. Oh, I was like, on, that's that feel. I wish I could, I wish I could play. I, I think that's something I'm, I did it one time. I did it twice on my interviews. I played people's stuff on the interview. And I was like, yo, let's play your video. They were like, yo, let's do that. Yo, I'm gonna start asking like, yo, you wanna play your song? Just give a little quick snippet of it. Cause yo, any given purpose, I'm telling you. Mm. Yeah, that's a special one, man. That's yes. a really special one. You know what's yes. crazy about that song? You know what's what's crazy about it? Is that it has two verses, but I, I wrote three verses and I had to like cut the entire last verse. And the last verse, like it was, like it, it was amazing, but mm -hmm. um, I remember during that period, uh, like I was like I was mixing and mastering everything, and so uh, it was just like I recorded in my basement, and it was just a lot of like interfering stuff that was mm -hmm. going on, and like um, the quality of that third verse just wasn't to where a point where I could like really fix it, man. And uh, when I say like I I hate, I hate cutting verses, man. <laughs> and it's specifically that one, but um, I think it was beneficial because I think it probably would have made the song a little too long. And then I feel like I probably got the gist of what I the the concept in those two verses, um, the the concept and the uh, subject matter that I really wanted to get across and I wanted to convey. So, but now, nah, man, I, I really enjoy that song. That that beat, man. That beat is. I'll tell you a story about that beat. I actually, uh, I that sample, which is like it's a it's. How can I explain it? So uh I'm trying to figure out how I can explain it. So I had this, I had the the, the there's a, a virtual instrument called uh polyplex. Mm-hmm. You know about it. And mm -hmm. so um polyplex. it was one of it was one of the um one of the virtual instruments from that from that uh that sound library. Okay. And so I played that that sample arrangement on the keys um maybe a whole two years ago, and it was just another uh -huh. beat that I made um, and I posted it to Instagram like two years ago and probably people can still find it because I have it still on my page somewhere. But it had a completely like different groove. Like the drums were completely different. The wow. the groove the groove itself was stiff and it wasn't soulful. And um, and I just it was just another beat that I posted. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I got back into my, um, my production period of when I wanted to drop these two packs and I went back to that beat and I was just like, you know, that sample, that 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 sample is like nice. But I wasn't feeling the groove. And 
mind you, like it, like I said, it was like a year, maybe even two years ago when I had initially made that beat. And in that two years, um, I learned how to, you know, really switch. I, I got some new stuff. Got the the um, the electronic drum set, and I was able to kind of like make it more mm -hmm. of a human feel and have like a different swing with it, you know? Right. And I was learning new techniques. Like I, I think like I spent like a good, like four months just listening to Dilla and how he, you know, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. And how his grooves were. And um, I had learned so many new techniques in just that time from when I initially made the beat to when I was, you know, trying to put mm -hmm. these two packs together. So I completely, I took everything out. I took the original bass off. I took the original drum groove off and I just redid it. And I think it's even at like a different tempo as well. Just it's a little faster. It has a little more of a like a like an urgency to it. Not too fast, but it's like right in the pocket. And um, once I had that, I was like, okay, all right, this is yeah, this is it right here. Yeah. And so um, yeah, and like and that was another beat. I think I think specifically when I make my boom bap beats or my soulful beats, I don't try to come up with uh, cadences for that like pre-recorded cadences on my voice, mm -hmm. vocal memos. And like, like I said, I just, I started with my line. I knew I had to have a good opening line. And once I had that, that's when I was able to go and just do what I do on that, you know, had yeah. the concept, had the beat and I was able to just go. Yeah. Y'all make sure you're, <clears throat> excuse me. Y'all make sure y'all go check out, oh my gosh, for any given purpose. Like when you hear it, it trust me, it's going to put you back in that. You were like, am I listening to 2014? Because that's my favorite album that J. Cole has ever made. Man, bro. Period. Yeah, between that and um, the new joint, the uh, off-season, man. Yeah. Oh, off-season? Off-season is dope. But it I love off-season. better than 2014. That's the standard if you're going to listen to J. Cole. That's like yes. the standard album that you have because, to get into. Because I can listen to every song on that album. From the beginning to the Back. end, I, Very I cool. even, I even listened to the outro when he's on there like, yeah, 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 yeah. out everybody. He was shouting out everybody. I'm like, doesn't matter. That whole that Jonah beat Hill. is dope. I don't even know Jonah Hill. I don't even know Jonah Hill. But that beat is, hey, whoever, whoever didn't clear that last sample, like y'all, come on now. He like y'all should clear that last sample. Like y'all put this music out there. <laughs> I also listened to the um, like, I listened to the original studio album and I listened to the live album as well because you're here oh, the live one in oh, Fayetteville and oh, that is amazing. Oh. Yeah, I, I got I got the whole the live from Fayetteville performance, the whole mm -hmm. thing on video. Yeah. yeah, 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 and I got the live. Yeah, don't get me don't get me started. But y'all know with Jermaine Cole, y'all know how it is. But anyway, <laughs> man, so so what's next for Jermaine Robinson? What can we expect next from you? Uh, I have some things that I, I'm I'm focusing on for the next. I want to say like. 18 months where um, I definitely want to get out and perform a lot more. And so with that, I'm going to be creating a lot of, uh, you know, like kind of virtual live performances where like kind of like the tiny desk stuff and, um, and, you know, just kind of create that. And I definitely want to collab a lot more. So um, I recently just finished some features and everything, and I'm really excited about it and um, just kind of get the name out there a lot more and show people my versatility, versatility and, um, like I said, just collab a lot more, perform a lot more, and really give some life to these records. Because mm -hmm. um, you can depend on like you know playlists and you know everything. Okay. But there's you know different ways that you can you know extend the life of these records because I feel like they deserve it. 
you know, I worked hard on them and I feel like they're very purposeful um, in their messaging and, you know, and how they make people, how they can make people feel. And so I'm at a, you know, really great point in my career. You know, I'm at the foundational level, man. So I'm at a, you know, very, you know, good time to do that. And like I said, like I I still have some more singles that I want to release and Mm. um, where I'm, you know, trying things and, and uh, really stretch. Like, I, like, I never want to get to a point where I'm like, I hit that peak, man, in, in my creative progression. And I always right. want to get better. There's always room for, for, for better. There's always room for improve, improvement. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and that's that's what we're doing. So, like, yeah, what we're focusing on is performing, collaboration, and just getting better, man. Yeah, that's what's up. Always I can't wait. Better. I can't wait to hear what else, you, what else you're going to drop. So, yeah. man, so, man, Jermaine, we've been talking for – an hour and 17 minutes, but it don't even feel like it. Like It really doesn't. I, yeah, right. I just looked at the clock. That's crazy. <laughs> so, man, so so if you would hold on for just a Oh, first, I got to ask the other question. Where can people find you and how can they connect with you and get your music? So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jermaine in 4K. And um, I do have a YouTube channel. Don't have nothing on it, but my music visualizes. But we're going to change that. And we're gonna have more uh, behind the scenes and and just kind of day to day things with me creating music and and just day to day things in my life. And um, you can reach out to me on the DMs, man. I always answer back. You know, I love interacting with people. Um, I always say hey, and yeah, yeah. That's what's up. I mean, hopefully, I get to be a part of that, y'all, so I can come and like shoot Absolutely. some stuff with these cameras Absolutely. and these lights and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I get. You know, he's talking about That's tiny cool. desk. Boom, let's set that up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, nah, that nah, for real, though. No, nah, for yeah, real. Yeah. Like, for real, let me know. But, um, man, so, Jermaine, if you can hold on for a moment while I close this out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, man, Jermaine Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gosh. Go check out the music. Go check out. Go to his YouTube page right now. Right, Jermaine Robinson music on YouTube. Check out the music. Start from the one that's up there now and go just go listen to all of them. And you are gonna become a fan instantly. I'm trying to tell you. As soon as I heard them, I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, oh, this is and then for me, check out for any given purpose. That's man. But make sure you support. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you support us as well. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on the notification bell to get notified when we drop new content. As always, you can catch us every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. We have our live interview segments that are here as well that you can tune in, chat, and ask questions and do all those different things. And we drop videos every week as well. At least, let me be really transparent. and true. We try to drop videos every week, but we got like crazy life that goes on, so... You know, when I can drop some videos, I'll drop them on Thursday at 2 p.m. Uh, yeah, I need to get back in the swing of things, drop more videos for y'all to be more creative. I, I need to work on some more new series. Maybe I'll work on a machine series, right? Y'all know I love machine. Maybe I'll do a machine series. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you being here. Make sure you support my man, Jermaine Robinson. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for tuning in.